So what are we going to do with you this afternoon? I'm assuming you're enlightened <laughs> now. <laughs> so I really don't need to say too much more. Namotasa Bhagavata Rato Sama Samudasa Namotasa Bhagavata Rato Sama Samudasa Namotasa Bhagavata Rato Sama Samudasa For all beings, wisdom, compassion, and non-clinging awareness. Well, this afternoon we, uh, I'd like to finish at uh, five, just a few, few last words. And one thing I want to emphasize, uh, which may get missed by emphasizing uh, these um, four stages, nothing's been missed, but uh, there is something that's often missed as a meditation, which, which is embedded in the ten, uh, the ten types of mindfulness practice, ten types of mindfulness meditation, and one of the glo- most glorious of all meditations, which I would recommend uh, every single one of us should increase greatly, uh, is the a mindfulness of generosity. It's supreme. Without sufficient generosity, which is lacking in a lot of beings, uh, no matter how nice you are, uh, and how many Christmas gifts you wrapped and gave away, but the practice, the practice in being mindful of what is, what is generous, what is donation, what is giving and receiving, is so deeply profound and is so fundamental to a lib- liberating a being um, that I'm, I'm going to recommend that you, you do this. I wish I, I, I've been kind of, every once in a while, rising in my mind, what could we do together as a, a meditative exercise uh, of doing this? But I'll, I'll let you craft that. But um, one way to do that is to make a conscious effort to uh, give um, six things a day away. Six items that belong to you away per day. Um, And be mindful, extremely mindful, of what's taking place. It's profound. So let me me read to you uh, the section... on generosity. There we go. The recollection of liberality, when the, the actual word that they're using in Pali is dana, D-A-N-A, and uh, liberality is one of the translations, to be liberal with one's energy, one's things, one's ideas, but actually the most common translation today is gen- generosity, to generate, to, to, to give. What is the recollection of liberality or generosity? What is the practicing of it? What is its salient characteristic, function, and near cause? What is the procedure? Answer, liberality means that one gives one's wealth to others wishing to benefit them and in order to derive the happiness of benefiting others. When it says wealth, that doesn't mean you have to be wealthy financially. It means being able to stop being sticky 
not just with material things, but, but also with what you have to share it, to open uh, the door for other beings to gain uh, richness. Uh, Namjoon Rinpoche tells a story, well, story or something that he recalls, that when he was uh, studying in, uh, um, in London, as a Canadian, he went over to London, and uh, he was very poor. He lived, actually, with uh, some very poor people. That's where he got tuberculosis. And, uh, but he was studying, studying under Eastern teachers that were coming in the 1950s to teach uh, Buddhism and, and uh, Hindu yoga, uh, to London, he'd go and attend seminars and study with teachers. But he was so dirt poor that uh, he didn't really have any money, but he would make sure that he put something in the donna bowl. And he said often it was a can of sardines, a can of fish, a can of sardines, any food that he might have, he would share his food. So that's a very wealthy being. So you don't have to be wealthy to share wealth. You, can, you have to understand that you're rich. What do you have that's rich to share? So in order to derive the happiness of benefiting others, what does benefiting others do for you? It brings you out of you. Remember I said the, the greatest plague, if you wish, is the constant self-referencing to your being. How am I doing? Do I have enough? Will I survive? Will they like me? Will they love me? Am I happy? Am I sad? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I? The practicing of generosity, the continuous practicing of generosity, uh, frees one probably more rapidly in some ways than uh, a meditation on breath can. Thus is liberty, liberty, liberality to be understood. Generosity be understood. One dwells indifferent in, rec in the recollection of the virtue of, of liberality. You're not, you're not sitting there, uh, oh, let's see, should I give or shouldn't I give? Is this a good thing? Is this not a good thing? Just give. give. Learn to give. That comes later. This recollectedness is recollection, and right recollectedness means good mindfulness. This is called recollection of dana, or recollection of generosity. The undisturbed dwelling of the mind in the recollection is the practicing of it. Awareness of the merit, the power, the strength of generosity is its salient characteristic. Non-miserliness is its function. Non-covetousness is its near cause. You don't uh, covet. It, it, it um, removes the strain of having to have all kinds of things that other people have, including ideas. A man who practices the recollection of liberality or, or generosity gains ten benefits. He gains bliss through generosity. He becomes non-covetous through generosity, he is not miserly, he thinks of others, becomes dear to others, does not fear in others' company, has much joy, acquires the compassionate mind, fares well, and approaches the ambrosial, the transcendental. What is the procedure? The new yogin goes to a place of solitude and keeps the mind undisturbed. 
With undisturbed mind, he practices recollection of generosity. Thus, through abandoning things, I have benefited others. Therefrom, I have gained much merit. The vulgar, by reason of dirt, of covetousness, are drawn to things. I live with mind not coveting and not unclean. Always I give and enjoy giving to others. Always I give and distribute. Through the recollection of generosity, his mind is endowed with confidence. Confidence of freedom. Confidence. His mind is always undisturbed. With undisturbed mind, he destroys the hindrances, arouses the meditative absorptions, and attains to access concentration. The rest is taught as above. So, if, you are, if the consciousness is constantly clinging, which it's doing, every 30 or 40 milliseconds, then the practice of generosity, which starts with giving, but ends up with, with transcendental accomplishment, is to keep letting go of that which is rich and that which you don't need. Constantly. 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 Why? Because everything is in service of the self. So to be able to let go in meditation, you see, to be able to breathe, is an act of generosity. To be able to draw on a breath is the ability to give yourself fully to breath. High high yoga. You think, well, that's not quite like a meditation. It is. Can you recall what happens when you don't want to give something? What does it feel like in the body? Tight. Fearful, right? Tight and fearful. What's going to happen to me if I give that? What will they do to me? What will they think about me? What harm will come to me? What happens if I give them an idea? Will I have enough clothing? And so on and so on and so forth. The ability to be peaceful and to be recollected requires that the fear and the anxiety around you, all about you, needs to dissolve. Otherwise, every breath becomes what? About you. Breathing in me. Breathing in me. The yogin (laughs) breathes in me. Knowing that you breathe in. What about me? (laughs) Breathing out a breath. (sighs) What about me? Hmm? Each breath, a self-referencing breath. Generosity is about breathing. It's nothing nothing other than breathing. Breathing with other beings. Letting go into the other. What can you do for other beings?
<laughs> besides that, when you breathe, you're not even breathing into yourself. You're breathing into what? 90 trillion other organisms that are living in and on you that need you to breathe. Do you think you're breathing? Do you think you even have any, any choice in breathing? You're supporting who? Who do you think you're supporting when you breathe? You? Those organisms. Mm. Mm. Most of them want to keep you alive. Most. <laughs> Most. Not all. Most. It's, it's, it's better for them to keep you alive. So who are you breathing for? You would say, I'm breathing for me, so I can feel better. But that's not a uh, really correct view. So generosity is supreme. To be deeply generous, generous is to breathe. And if you can't be generous, you can't breathe. And I like this old-fashioned word, liberality. There's, there's reasons why I think it's a marvelous uh, word to use for the Pali word dana, D-A-N-A, the long A-N-A, because liberality means to be free, free about view, free about uh, open, to care for others, to care for yourself. So before you go off and want to care for others, then you care for your own being. But some can't approach it that way. So they need to, first of all, learn to care for others before they can care for themselves. Well, I hope you do at the same time. So this isn't just about giving one's wealth. Because a person can give lots of wealth and be absolutely stingy. You know that, yes? You can, you can be here. Someone in this room may be a great patron. I give to the symphony. I give to the opera. There's a shelter downtown, and I, every year I give $20,000 here, and I give $50,000 here. And by the way, when I walk down the street uh, on 4th Avenue, I always make sure that there's people there, panhandlers, I give them a dollar. Do you think that's what they mean by generosity? No. It doesn't mean that. Can you give with joy? Can you give with a freedom that transcends the giver and the receiver? Can you give up that which is stuck and clingy in your being? Can you create an environment that builds richness as opposed to builds poverty for yourself? and for others. So here's a question for you. And now I'm going to give you a contemplation for yourself and maybe for others. Are you in your life creating an environment that you move through that's, a, that's an ever greater, richer environment for liberality, for liberation and liberality? Or are you creating an environment 
that repeats patterns and creates stuckness in your being. And you'll say, but this, didn't I come for a meditation weekend? This is meditation. Ignore this at your peril. See this? Ignore it at your peril. It doesn't mean you have to have an extensive art collection. It doesn't mean that you have to be surrounded by gems and jewels. Is there richness in your life? Are you feeding yourself? Are you feeding yourself newness? Or are you repeating the same patterns over and over and over again? Are you making discoveries? Are you helping others make discoveries? Are you feeding beings? When someone comes to the door, do you offer them water or coffee or tea, something nice? Do you know I know people that don't do that? It's quite something, isn't it? Can you imagine that? That a visitor comes to your door and you don't offer them a refreshment to refresh themselves, something like tea or coffee or what would you like to drink or eat? Can you imagine that? That's happening more and more. Hi, how you doing? It's an imposition to make somebody lemonade. But if it was a can of lemonade, well, you know, just pop the can. What are you living for? Are you living for self? Or are you living for other, which is also incorporates yourself? We're talking about liberation, you see. Liberating your being, so it's a full being. Are you on constantly about yourself? Or are you on about the welfare of all beings? All beings. You say, what, what does this have to do with breathing? Everything. Everything. Are you breathing life into other beings or are you sucking away the life of other beings? I mean it. When you interact, when you talk to someone, when you interact with someone, are you draining their life energy or are you infusing them with life? Are you giving up all the good qualities of your being or are you offloading? You are sharing your negativity, sharing your anxiety, like a good gossip session. Good gossip sessions do that, don't they? Let me unload my anxiety to you so I feel better. Let me infect you with the virus of anxiety and worry so I feel better. Let me talk your ear off so I feel better. How about you now? Let me share the poison. So you see how deep this is as a mindfulness practice? What, uh, what are you doing with your energies? What are you doing with your breath in relationship to others? Are you preparing a meal because it's the minimum amount of energy required just to get it done?
or are you feeding beings with richness, newness? When was the last time you walked somewhere new? When was the last time you went somewhere just to be with different people? Not because you're lonely, but because you actually want to be, because you're in a good space, you want to share that good space with people you don't even know. When was the last time you just went to down, to, down Vancouver or to West Van or North Van and just went to a store or a cafe, not to buy anything, but just to go visit other beings? And by the way, support shop owners because it's not easy to be a shop owner. Go buy something. Go buy something. Go buy some flowers somewhere and just spend time in the shop in a good space. You can make you could make change a person's life. Have you ever tried that? Just go to a store or a cafe or somewhere and just be in a good space and see if you can lighten someone's day. Share some knowledge. Share a conversation. For what purpose? You know, I don't have the time to do that. Yes, you do. Liberality and generosity is the test of the degree of freedom. It's the, it's the physical manifesting test of whether there's real liberation or whether there's a being practicing liberation or whether there's someone who doesn't have a clue about liberation. What do you have to lose? So if you can't give at a material level, you're not going to be able to give, I guarantee it, at a meditative level. You will have some experiences. But, you're, but for liberation, you're going to have to get, you're going to have to let go of who? You're going to have to give over who? Me, 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 A hundred thousand times a day. Patterning of me. You're going to have to let it go. That's called generosity. Supreme generosity is a transcendental. Supreme generosity is non-clinging awareness. The love of non-clinging. That's supreme generosity. That's supreme meditation. Try this. Every single act of your day is for the welfare of other beings. See what that does to you. 
every single action of your day is for the welfare, the care, the nourishment, the unfolding, the love of other beings. Try it. If you can't do it right away, try one thing in the day. If you, can't, if you, if you can do that, then try two things. And after that, try three things. And after that, try four, five, six, seven, eight, until it becomes easier and easier and easier. Now, does that mean giving indiscriminately? No. One needs some intelligence. You know? Just giving money away is not necessarily intelligent faculty. Supporting a being that can't actually use that energy is not an intelligent use of time. So you're going to have to work out what constitutes intelligent generosity as opposed to indiscriminate, unintelligent generosity based on a sloppy, dull mind. Can you write that one down too, please? There's generosity that appears as generosity, but it's actually in service of a dull, unintelligent, often neurotic mind. Sometimes a mind riddled with guilt. A mind riddled with guilt is not a generous mind. A mind that feels compelled to give out of guilt is not generosity. If, you, if you're giving because you feel guilty, then you're not giving out of generosity. It's not, it's, not, it's not this. It's something else, but it's not this. If the focus all day is 100,000 or half a million statements of I, I in relationship to the other, I in service of self, I, I in service of having to be safe, or I in service of having to be whatever it is, then the way to break that chain is to learn to give over to every single thing you do. Behind it, it may not even be obvious, is for the sharing and welfare of other beings. Even if you read a novel, Could you imagine what would happen if every footstep you took was a footstep that benefited beings? Everything that came out of your mouth was a benefit to beings. When you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is, how can I benefit beings? Not, what, am, what, what about me? How do I feel? Change your life. Change your life. It's supreme meditation. Then when you go to sit and have a calm, clear mind, what a difference. There will be stability as opposed to that was a cool half an hour session and five days later you're wondering what happened. Really? You want to know why it goes up and down like this? 
It's not just due to lack of attention, it's due to there's not enough strength. And the first thing you need for strength in your being is generosity. So raise the generosity way up, and you'll see there'll be much more stability. Now, at the same time, if you're being generous, but you're being unethical, you're being a non-virtuous being, then you're going to be disturbing your mind's mind and your, and, your, and your body all the time. So there will not be stability. But most of you are fairly, fairly pretty good at your ethics here. Pretty good. You can see that. Not bad. Just stop killing yourself internally. And it'd be fine. It's okay. Stop murdering. Uh, and warring on the internal level and selling, selling your consciousness ar- armaments, you'll be fine. But uh, otherwise, pretty good. Pretty good. So you haven't asked, well, you have sometimes, but you haven't really asked me an important question. Why is it that I do meditation one day and it's actually pretty good in the morning, maybe the hour before I go to work, and then I come home and it's a mess. Or I have two good sessions and I have 20 bad, I have 20 not so good ones. Why is it like this? You say, it must be my emotions. It must be, actually, it's the foundation of your being is uh, not uh, strong. Strong in positive uh, um, basis. And uh, the generosity, the practice of generosity, the meditation of generosity, the mindfulness of generosity, and raising generosity up into the transcendental stratosphere in your being is going to produce incredible strength in you. And it will translate directly into, your, into how it feels to meditate by being open and stable. One of the reasons being you won't have anything to worry about. You won't be worrying about you. Your fantasies and daydreams about you will dry up. Why? There's more important things in life. The care and welfare of other beings that need support and freedom through little acts of kindness. Have you seen that? Is that a bumper sticker? Random. random acts of... Well, don't make it random. Purposeful all day long. Little acts that can make the difference in a, in a person's life. Hmm? Bless you. May, may your soul not escape out of the top of your head. <laughs> Or out, out your nose. That's what, that's what, that's why we say bless you. It's old, very old European custom that when you sneeze, you can die. You can pass away. Sneezing is close to godliness, you know. You can go over the edge. How many people have you known who've sneezed and passed out and died? Not many, but it, it's what was there. It was by, by custom. Very, very concerned. Sneezing... I think it was more like, okay, they're sneezing, they're very close to dying of uh, influenza. They've got about four or five days left to go, and bless you, because you're dead. 
Oh, it used to, used to be, right? Read, read your history. It used to be, you know, somebody catches a, a bit of a sneeze, a bit of a cough, and um, that's it, a week later. Um, the, per, the person that wrote, wrote uh, well, Gray, who wrote Gray's Anatomy, yeah, he was at the top of his career, and uh, I think he was, was he 35 years old? He might have been 40, I think 35. He just finished writing Gray's Anatomy, and uh, going to move on to another book. I can't remember what they were working on his next project. And he caught a cough. <coughs> and he just uh, told his colleagues, that's it, I'm, I'm finished. I've got about a week to go. Went to the countryside, and I think within 10 days, he was dead. Just to, they said, bless you. He just knew what it was. He didn't know what it was. He didn't know the name of it. He didn't know what it was, but he knew that that particular cough was the end. We're very lucky today, aren't we? Extraordinary. So bless you. So anyways, I wanted to bring that to you if you have any questions about that, but it is supremely powerful meditation for those that are having uh, difficulties with their meditation, those that are not having difficulty with their meditation, those that are doing just fine, then give even more. Because when it comes to the different bodhisattva levels, you need to even up the ante even further. Be, become totally generous. Fully, totally, utterly generous in everything that you do for liberation. This is meditation. Why? Because life is meditation. One hour a day is called practicing being on your bum. For one hour a day is good. Nothing wrong with it. It's good. It helps. But if you want to be uh, awake, then it's going to have to be a full day of meditation. Total. And it's not hard work. It's beautiful work. If you think this is hard work, I would say life, normal life, is very hard work. You know? Deluded life with conflicting emotions is very, very tough life. A life of generosity and breathing and concentration and being mindful of one's actions and speech and behavior with more and more awakeness is not hard work. It's beautiful work. That's supreme meditation. Harnessing everything in your life for awakeness is supreme meditation. But it's hard for me. That's right. Do more. But I'm tired. That's right. You won't die. <laughs> you know, there's a wonderful poster that we found in New Zealand. I think it's other places in the world. I, I quite like it. It was on the, the it was on it was a poster that's um, um, in some cafes. I quite like it. It's a poster that says. You can sleep. You First was coffee. Coffee. And it says, you can sleep when you're dead. Yep. And this is my <laughs> motto. Go have a rest when you're dead. <coughs> I 
It doesn't require coffee to do this, but you catch up on your sleep when you die. No, I mean, get a good night's rest, yeah, for whatever you need. But uh, don't, don't waste your life away. You can gain energy by giving. You can gain energy by being a generous being, but you're going to have to cross thresholds by which you're tired. Why? Because it's resisting. 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 Resistance creates a tremendous amount of tiredness in your being, which is a statement of, I don't want to. The three hallmarks of the student, the definition of a student by Namjo Rinpoche. What's a student? He said, a student is, I don't want to, I won't, I shouldn't. Oh, there's another one. Fourth, I can't. <laughs> that, that's, that's what comes out of a, student's, a Dharma student's uh, mouth continuously. I can't. I won't. I shouldn't. And you can't make me. <laughs> really? Or just resistance. This is the generosity. Thank you for that. This is in the uh, Mahayana teaching, uh, teaching given by Gampopa, but classic Mahayana teaching. Uh, the ability to be with people and transmit uh, fearlessness. So out of their mouth comes, you know, I, I can't do this. I'm, it's not going to work. Yes, you can. And here's how to do it. If I go there, they may not like me. Well, let's go together. If I go to this country, you know, they eat weird food. <laughs> You'll be okay. You know they have a different language. That's okay. You'll, you'll be fine. You know, how about this one? Some people say, you know, why are you going to Guatemala? It's, it's got, I've read in the, in the, in the, in the news, it has, one, it has the highest murder rate in the world. You know, you really shouldn't go. It's got, you want to come to Guatemala this week? It's got the highest murder rate in the world. Do you know I know someone who got mugged, uh, was it three times in New York within a space of a week? Twice on the same elevator in their hotel got mugged in the elevator. So I don't think you should go to New York. Don't, don't, I, I wouldn't recommend it. Because I heard this person told me they got, I think it was three times. You know, I know somebody this years ago who got their car broken into eight times in a year in Vancouver. The window smashed and things stolen. Eight times in one year. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for laughing. That's quite something, isn't it? So I wouldn't even drive a car in Vancouver. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I just wouldn't do it. Think about all the things that people don't do out of fear. Can't, won't, shouldn't. Like a mantra over and over again. Instead of a mantra of compassion, Omani Pei Me Hung, Omani Pei Me Hung, Omani Pei Me Hung, or a mantra 
of, of compassion, wisdom, om tare tu tare tu swaha. What is it? I can't, I shouldn't, and I won't. Which one are you going to have? So which one's generous? I can't, uh, this is an IQ test. I can't, <laughs> I shouldn't, and I won't. How about this? I'm an embodiment of compassion and wisdom, and I'm here to be with all beings. Which, which, which one would you prefer? You're stunned, aren't you? Is it? The internal statements are about fear. Actually, anxiety. It's not fear. Real fear is, is okay. If I step out of the uh, safari vehicle in the Serengeti Plains and there are lions around, it's not a good idea. So that's, that's an intelligent fear. Yeah? Most of it's anxiety. But what? A story. A story that's not going to harm whatsoever. How many stories are there? So a beautiful act of generosity is to uh, daily, if not many times a day, in conversation and by action, remove either with gentleness and love or fierceness. Fear. Anxiety. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful act of love and compassion. The third one I'm not going to talk about so much, but of course is important uh, as one develops, which is the supreme act of generosity is to teach Dharma. Oh, maybe I will. Why not? But in the teaching of liberation, the tradition of Buddha Dharma, the supreme act of generosity is to teach Dharma. Why? It liberates beings. It's good to teach gardening. Hmm? Good gardening skills? But it doesn't liberate beings. It's love. It's very, very good if you're an aerospace engineer to teach good aerospace practices, right? But it doesn't liberate. So the, uh, in the tradition of Buddha Dharma, of course, you'll think it's biased. It is. Is uh, giving beings teachings on freedom, free the mind from afflictive emotion, is considered the most supreme form of generosity. That's the most wealthy form of generosity. Because the most wealthy being is a free being, and they may have nothing. Not even a cent they can scrape their name to. Or they may have millions of dollars. doesn't matter. But I guarantee you, the person that is wealthy spiritually and doesn't have a cent, the next day, if they wanted to have money for a good purpose, would have the money. Guaranteed. If not the next day, the next day and a half. Like Yogi Shabkar, 200 years ago. This is, this is I've, I've, I've read his autobiography. It's like this thick. It's fantastic. This is one of the, only one of his, it's the outer, outer autobiography. He was such an accomplished being. Everywhere he went, people would sh- ten thousand people would show up, and he was he was uh, a vagabond, no wealth whatsoever. Take the wealth, and he just give it to a monastery. Next monastery would show up, he'd rebuild it. Here's coral. Here's yaks. Here's gold. Go build your monastery. 
everywhere he went. And his name, Shabkar, Shabkar, means white foot. That wasn't his Tibetan, that wasn't his Dharma name. That was the name given by the people of Tibet, Shabkar, white foot. Everywhere he went, he left whiteness, purity. Totally. There's a lovely story of him uh, in a snowstorm on some plateau pass in Tibet, crossing a pass. And he was an inner heat practitioner. He had his uh, sheepskin or uh, yak wool coat on. And there was, a, there was a person there that had a jacket on or two jackets that was shivering. In the middle of a snowstorm, took his jacket off so he only had a, a little shirt sleeve and just gave it to them and walked on. Have my jacket. So if you want freedom of the mind, you're going to have to give up clinging. Right? And it's not just about material things. If someone's worth a million dollars and they give away $950,000, wow, is that generous. But it's not necessary generosity. That's not what we mean by generosity. It may not even be intelligent giving to give $950,000. It may be. It may not be. It may be richer to hold someone's hand when they need it. It may be richer to make someone a meal. It may be a greater act of generosity to physically build a house. It may be a greater act of generosity instead of giving $950,000 to the opera theater to actually get in there and help with the construction, build the thing. Did you follow? And show people how to be in a good state while building. That's perhaps a greater act of generosity than giving a million dollars to the new opera building. Do you, you see that? This, this, is, this must be understood. It's not a question of money. It's not a question of baggage. It's not a question of how many bags. It's a question of how intelligent non-clinging awareness. By definition, if it's real non-clinging awareness, it's intelligent and it's loving. But non-clinging awareness needs to come with intelligence, bright intelligence, loving intelligence. Don't discount intelligence. Don't discount the intellect. It's powerful. It's important. Okay, so that's what I wanted to bring you. Out of, out of those ten, we've really, to some degree, just touched on two, which is the meditation on breath, and the four foundations of mindfulness, which is behind everything, every single meditation, and generosity. That's about it. Mentioned death a little bit. Touched on virtue. But not much else. This is vast, isn't it? So mindfulness is vast. You need to tune it up. Make it higher and higher and higher and higher.
Well, officially 10 minutes to go. It's early for a change. It's very good. Good. <laughs> Anything you'd like to ask before I head off? Is there anybody else that needs, is anybody else on the list to, to see me today? No? Oh, super, as they say in Germany, super. Could you give us a hint of what you're going to talk about tomorrow? <laughs> I think it will be Dharma. The, the subject was um, integrating uh, our meditation and mindfulness into our daily life, but I just wondered if... Actually, the topic that, that I, I sent over was the three um, um, natures, the three different aspects of mindfulness. So I've spent the entire week, weekend talking about that. So I hope you don't come. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> you don't need to come. You won't learn anymore. If you come, then I will, whoever shows up, I will find. You know, I, like the, I love these topics because they're unspecific enough that whoever shows up, I can take a look at them and go, what should we do? What, what, what topic of Dharma, uh, avenue of Dharma should be explored? And that, uh, I, li- I like the general, the general ones. Meditation, everyday life is just wonderful. Yeah. Could be any, could be, could be anything. What would you like to study? Actually, you know, more and more, uh, it's more sort of what, what's on your mind? What, what's, what's your question? And from there, let's, let's see what comes out of it. I enjoy that a lot. So we'll see. We'll see. But it uh, depends on who shows up. But whatever it's going to be, as the Buddha said, if it's not about the downgoing or the dissolution of afflictive emotions and suffering. It's not Dharma. So if you want to know what I'm going to speak about tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Yes, tomorrow night. Thank you. Keep reminding me. Tomorrow night. <laughs> I will show you. to make sure I show up. Make sure I show up. <laughs> they just point me in the right direction. I guarantee that whatever it's going to be, it's going to be Dharma. I, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's like Laurel, my, my dear partner, Laurel. She's asking me before the Honduras. So have you thought about what you're going to teach uh, for the, uh, the retreat in the Honduras? No. Uh, oh, okay. No need. No need at this point. I've got another day or so. <laughs> I teach, I learned a long time ago, teach the beings, not to the subject. Teach the beings. What do the beings need? Teach the, and, and uh, all the great topics of Dharma can be used. It's beautiful. Uh, as it says in, in, in some of the great texts, there are a hundred thousand, which means a great number, by the way. To us, it's more like a million. There are a hundred thousand different ways of teaching Dharma. It's still Dharma. And every single being has a different teacher. You know that. All of us conjure different teachers. In this room, I don't know how many people are in this room, maybe 30 people in this room, something like that. But in this room, there, are, there is right now 30 different teachers sitting here. And you're all hearing, you've all heard a completely different weekend. And even if we run the tape, you will hear a different weekend. 
and every time the tape is run, you'll hear a different weekend. You might even hear a different teacher speaking. That doesn't sound like Lama Mark at all. It's like someone said to me the other day, I've never heard you teach such and such a certain way. I said, I've been teaching that since I've been a, since for 35 years that way. I've never heard that before. Instead, <laughs> I remember teaching it every time I've taught it. Isn't that interesting? There's 100,000 different ways to teach Dharma, but they must be the downgoing and the cessation of suffering. Otherwise, it's not Dharma. It may be art. It may be science. It may be crafts. It may be music. But for it to be Dharma, it must directly address the dilemma and the problem of how to free beings up and lead them into a continuum of non-clinging awareness. Otherwise, it's not Dharma. And even meditation might not be Dharma unless it's imbued with the act, the directions of how to lead a being to the cessation of suffering. Oh, it's not Dharma. Okay, any others? Yes? I wonder if you could just say a little bit more about the um, difference in the definition between equanimity and tranquility. Equanimity transcends tranquility. Uh, You can be a very, very tranquil being but be on tranquilizers. I'm joking, but it's true. So you can be very relaxed, very slow, very smiley, uh, even blissful. But it's not the same as equanimity. Equanimity means a balanced, uh, open space that allows any phenomena to appear and disappear without a reactivity. So take a very tranquil being and introduce a lion into the room or a panther or an image of a panther and see what happens. We sometimes uh, see the tranquility vanish within a millisecond. So to have tranquility does not necessarily mean that a being has equanimity. They may be tranquilized. Calm and tranquilized is not necessarily a bright, free, open, spacious, clear mind. It should be, but it's not necessarily. So relaxation in a hot tub. That's why I say when people say to me, you know, I really like to meditate. Do you mean relaxation in a hot tub? Or do you mean bright, clear, open, penetrating or tranquilized. (laughs) Which one? I was imitating uh, a dog there. Uh, I have a dear dear friend, I have a dear friend who's got two little uh, shih tzus and they're about this big and one has a underbite like this and it's great it looks so ferocious but it's like so cute and so gentle it's like it looks it looks like it's got this underbite it's like, eh, eh, eh. 
It's only because I got an underbite, but it's just absolutely sweet, gentle dog. It's so loving. And yet, eh, 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 eh. That's all it can do because it's got this giant underbite. <laughs> it's smiling me. It's actually smiling. Does that help a bit? Yeah. We, don't, we, we want tranquility without being tranquilized. Tranquility that's alive, bright, energetic, and passionate about being alive and present without a wash in the passions. Bless you. Sort of, I, I, this probably disturbs some of you, opera without, this opera without the dialogue. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Or most of it. Really, most of it. Okay. Any others? You know I'm a very precise being. Oh, 30 seconds to go. There we go. It's lovely. I've had a lovely time with you. And uh, thank you for inviting me to um, do stand-up comedy uh, for a few days. And share the Dharma. It's a precious Dharma from, uh, um, I'm very thankful for all the uh, lovely, lovely uh, teachers that have um, had patience with this being and have uh, uh, poured uh, years and years of uh, their discoveries into this, uh, this being so I can share it with you. So thank you for all my, uh, my teachers. And um, it's, been a, it's been a great joy to be here and uh, happy to uh, share with you in the future. May you all awaken quickly and have good health. It's important. And uh, have lots of joy. And remember to um, have a sense of humor about life. It can get pretty absurd, eh? Life is uh, it's pretty... Uh, it's actually can be pretty humorous at times. Not so serious. Ah, you're welcome. It's a joy. By this powerful activity, may it lead all beings into total freedom from afflictive states. Idante punikamang asawakyo hango tu. Idante punikamang asawakyo hango tu. Idante punikamang asawakyo hango tu. Sabe satasukidahantu. May all beings be healthy and happy. May all beings be established in a perfect continuity of freedom, the union of wisdom and compassion. Sarmangalam, Sarmangalam, Sarmangalam. Good. <laughs>